0: Hello and welcome to episode one of quote-unquote season two of Emotive Pixels. We're here today to talk about SnowRunner, but also by proxy, Spin Tires and MudRunner, which are games that preceded it. I am here as your host, Nate, along with Polly and Will, and I bring to you an opening question. What is the most number of wheels in any vehicle you've ever ridden in?
1: Wow, that's a tough question.
0: Are you counting trailers? Right I was it. wondering if trailers should count.
1: If it was driven, it'd be like... Wow.
0: I, I think it's like that. six for me if driven.
2: I'm trying to figure out... So I'm thinking of a five-ton truck. can't remember if they have double-up tires in the back. I'm going to take a little picture. So maybe just... Nope. I've been in... A, a striker. How many st- wheels does a striker have?
0: I knew something military was going to come up here. I was very worried that I handed this one to striker Will. Striker
2: has eight. Yeah. Okay. And the uh, the front two axles both articulate. articulate Good car stuff. This is going to be a great podcast. Yeah, we're <laughs> deep in this
0: already. I was going to say ten, just like a greyhound bus.
1: So for oh, those of you who aren't sure, buses. that was Will with his answer. <laughs> Oh, well. And Paulie here. I'm going to go with eight as well, because when I was landscaping, we had a big truck that had like the, you know, regular two front tires, but then it had the doubled up back truck tires. But then there was also a trailer attached to that. So I'm going with eight.
0: Wait, so surely you've been on a bus. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know how many
1: wheels are on a bus.
0: They have eight tires in the back and two in the front.
1: Well then, a bus.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess Uh, maybe a better question would have been the most you've driven. Yeah. Yeah. It's six for me, just like a dually. Well, that was wonderful and informative. So I figured we should start with the history of this franchise, which began in 2014 by Pavel Zagrebelny, who worked at Sabre Interactive.
2: Why don't you give me a quick explanation of why that franchise question mark is so fuzzy. Well, I feel like we're going to get to that, but there,
0: there was spin tires and then there was mud runner and then there was snow runner. And then in the middle of all that spin tires started getting updates in DLC. So I feel like in my mind, there was kind of a question as to the history. So we can kind of go through what I know of that. Basically there was this guy, Pavel, who worked at Saber Interactive. He'd worked on some other games from 2008 to 2013. In 2010 as a hobby, he started developing spin tires he started the Kickstarter in 2013 and it did unexpectedly well and it became his full-time project. And he signed on with Uvi, which seems to be kind of led by a guy named Zane Saxton, who I guarantee is a Final Fantasy villain. Uvi were like a British publisher that was knowledgeable about trains and had a lot of train simulator DLC because they all worked at a train station, which is a very British thing, I think. And then a week after the game went live that Zane guy was spotted like driving around in the new 135,000 pound Mercedes. Then a week after that someone threw paint thinner all over it. It Seems like there was drama kind of from the beginning. As things went on, Uvi took more and more of the development. And Pavel claims that communication was really poor between both sides. So they kind of almost fell out of contact. There was a weird... I, I guess is probably is Zane Saxton, the miscellaneous IT manager that lives in Cyprus that has twelve small businesses and umbrella companies.
1: I think Ovi has that, but Zane does seem like the leader. Yeah, that doesn't um, sound okay
2: suspect at all.
1: It's really it's really tough to pull this together. This is all pulled from like multiple like Eurogamer articles that I was able to pull up, but there's a whole lot of misleading forum discussions and threads to kind of throw shade on on everybody involved in this?
0: Yeah, definitely. On that note, there was the 2016 interview that Eurogamer did trying to figure this out. And after they, like, had spoken to both sides, then Pavel claims that Uvi started responding to all of his messages again. And that kind of got stuff kickstarted again into development
2: you know how it is you open the email and look back and you've got two years of hey where the hell are you
0: <laughs> just oh man i don't know how you got blocked it was really totally oh, a surprise in to the me spam folder god how did that happen there was a bug like a month later where the game's attempt at piracy check was like fucking up save games on booting the game so it would just crashed and it was delisted from steam pavel claims that like He'd been working on stuff, but it wasn't QA'd because they weren't talking to each other really at the time. Quote, I would never do anything that affects the gamers. In fact, I do my best to make sure the game only brings joy to whoever plays it. From
2: our friend Pavel. This is uh, news to me, both that there is a quality section of the game.
0: <laughs> well, so Yeah, so in 2019, there's a forum post by Uvi that kind of lays out their version of the story. That clarifies it wasn't Pavel's game at all, but that he was an employee of them and it was fully licensed to UV. So it really was an UV game that Pavel just happened to help with, which I feel like the the perspective of him like not being able to communicate and doing development and sending it over to them makes more sense with kind of the bugginess of the first game. Like, you can almost believe that. In 2017, Pavel went to work back for Saber, who seemed to have bought rights for future development. And that's where Mudrunner comes from. And SnowRunner is a sequel and a spinoff to MudRunner. Both of those are developed by Saber spin-off. and published nice. by Focus Home Interactive. So that's what brings us here to where we are. But in case you didn't think that was confusing enough, SnowRunner came out last June, I believe, June of 2020. And in July of 2020, spin tires came to the mobile platforms. So technically, this is not the newest game in this universe.
1: Well then there's today
0: and where... then in fact yes i gathered us all here today to celebrate the switch and steam release of this very game so a part behind the curtain it is may 17th happy steam release day guys are we all going to go yes. play this on switch i Cause, certainly assume so
1: because c- snow runner was originally only available on epic right epic, epic correct
0: it was an epic exclusive
1: those yearly exclusives
0: I think with all that out of the way, Will, do you have any questions? Is that, uh, do you understand now why there are three games in this franchise?
2: Uh, yeah, tons of questions. I have <laughs> pretty much bad business dealings, but I, I like that you in- introduced it with this because it's
1: a terrible way to, to grab the listeners here, but it's very interesting once we get into our thoughts about the game in, in specific. I think.
0: Yeah, we figured we'd get all the boring stuff out of the way first. My favorite thing that I read is he had, like, vehicle physics damage, a la beam and G drive, that just never made it in because he claims UV was too, like, incompetent to, like, handle the feature management on that.
1: Well, it's still not in the game,
2: so...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's not even any of the sequels, so I'm not sure about that one. There's
2: plenty of destructibility. It says right there, Engine 15.
0: So with that, I bring us into actually talking about the game. I think that this is a game about going slow or not going at all, a racing game about going slow, but I think it's been forecast that Will already disagrees with me right off the bat. What do you think, Will?
2: Yeah, this is totally like a, should have had a better example in mind. This is like Kerbal Space Program without all of the space. It's great. <laughs> Go go deeper, and then I'm going to follow up by asking
0: us to describe the genre of this are, game.
1: Are you saying it's a simulation, Will?
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's got this incredibly detailed, almost monotonous level of simulation that, like, you can really, um, it's like, oh, there's the one hill over there, but. In order to get there, not only do you need to get across that and worry about all the terrain in the middle, but then there's this whole other extra layer of the UI. I did notice in your discussion that they didn't bring a UI guy on that whole time in any of these games. (laughs) So, yeah, it's like... Press X and then V, that changes your mode into the double tire under crane mode, which can allow you to <laughs> transverse the all-wheel drive and then backshift into a double braking maneuver off the, the clutch off the ramp, because, you know, car stuff. Yeah, but I do really enjoy the thoughtful, here is a long-term goal and I can work and do the pieces and slowly make progress and continue to make progress over time aspect of this game
0: I realize we didn't open with a description of this game because it feels so singular I think Will's description there did a good job describing kind of the feeling of this game this is an open world trucking game I guess this goes great with my point of trying to describe the genre of this game I like the Dark Souls of Racing it's pretty good just because it's so slow and punishing, you're in an open world and you make deliveries. And in this game, unlike previous games, like the levels are kind of connected and there's a sense of progression going from one to the next. Whereas in previous games, it felt definitely like a series of like mod maps that you picked from the menu and loaded into and kind of completed in a session if you could. I think Will's touching on something already, which is the the meaningful sense of progression in this game is very different.
2: Yeah, you're yeah, like we were talking about. This is. You're looking at it all wrong. This is an RPG where traveling is the combat mechanism.
1: See, now you're closer to what I'm thinking, Will, because I don't think it's a sim, and I definitely don't think it's a racing game where you go slow, Nate, because it's not a racing game. It's it's designed to go slow. I think this is a fantasy simulation about the thrill of off-roading. And the whole structure, the deliveries, the upgrades are all just thrown in there as a way to get your truck stuck and try to unstick it. Because the thing, the one thing that we haven't brought up yet is the exceptional terrain physics of the game. That's what makes this stand out from everything else. These mechanics in any game that didn't have that would be completely different. If you were just driving a...
2: I think you're a Halo hog around bringing logs to stations. It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> I think you're completely right that Nate's fantasy is being stuck in the middle of Siberia in the stuck in the mud. That sounds like Nate one hundred one.
0: <laughs> so you're saying in the entire arc of this podcast, my continual question of would this be better as a racing game, you think that what I've actually been asking is would this game be better if I was stuck in the middle of Siberia? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. That's a pretty rich canon. I think the point of a racing game is transiting an environment and moving through it. And in that, this is that, except it like it makes the destination less important than the step-by-step, which I guess you could say a racing game's purpose is to reach the destination, in which case I agree with you guys. I think
1: the biggest... Yeah. I, th- I think the thrill isn't getting there at all. It's getting out of trouble. And it's fun getting into
2: trouble. I think that the number of times that you and I have attempted to meet up on a map and couldn't see each other disqualifies it from being a racing game.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's fair. So I was curious, Will, we played spin tires together before this, but I think we, it is safe to say we've played a lot more snow rider than spin tires. It's the only thing that makes this more
2: compelling the mission and progression structure? How to say this nicely. We've played over so long that I could not honestly tell you the difference between the three games. And if I hadn't, because I was super paying attention to the detailed explanation that you gave two minutes ago, I know exactly which one we're talking about, but yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, the first two games did not have quests.
0: They basically, each map had one quest, which was to bring all the logs to the end points, right?
2: Yeah, more detailed so- quests. That definitely feels better in this game than the previous incarnations.
1: There's actually like quest givers, sort of, in this game, where they try to give you some kind of a story where, like, the original, the first map was like flooded out, so this farm's in trouble. They have farm equipment stuck in the mud and stuff like that. Whereas the old ones were just like, I
2: don't know, utilitarian, like, the, the log mill needs logs, so get the logs to the log mill. I think it was because of the way we were playing it, it always felt like a roguelike. Oh, maybe that's the the type of game this is. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, where we're trying this map again, only this time we're going to unlock it faster, or this time instead of going across the north part of the river, we're just going to drive straight through the middle of the river. I feel like Spin
0: Tires and Mud Runner were more roguelike in that there was only one goal and you would constantly restart with basically nothing with different approaches, where in this one it's kind of like a high, maybe more like a rogue light. in that if you, like, fail one quest you're doing, you can, like, end up progressing some other thing. Like, if we fail to get somewhere and we complete another mission along the way, or, like, you can move things closer to their goal in a persistent way.
2: You know, in all seriousness, Um, I do appreciate the limited-as-it-may-be progression there are uh tons of things getting in the way of that you know looking as nice as you would want it to for example you go and you unlock a truck but is it, it's a little unclear whether if i unlock it in your game am i unlocking it for me or for you and then like that, if i, that's unlock- what I was going
1: to bring up the multiplayer progression is is awful and it always has been throughout these games like multiplayer's i think always been there I can't remember yes, why I started playing spin pr- tires. It was there, but it, was, it has always been whoever's hosting gets the stuff and nobody else does. I, I mean, it's like
2: if you push back on that a little if bit, you unlock it on one map, but then you put don't put it in your Uber garage, which is only accessible from your garage and then (laughs) Ah, wait
0: hold on we're gonna have like a whole ui nitpick section because it's bad it's very and it makes this game much more of a learning curve than actually like the mechanics of the game which is kind of wild the first game had multiplayer i don't know about at launch but by the time i played it the second game so the first game had multiplayer but no save states in multiplayer mud runner had multiplayer and save states in multiplayer which i feel like was added later in development and that felt huge And this, it's like taking charitable steps towards a good shared experience where both players are truly unlocking everything in tandem. In this one, the guest gets money and experience, but not trucks or mission completion. So I guess one of my questions is, why wouldn't they have just done everything the same for host and player? What are they trying to prevent?
1: Well, I think they want you to be able to do, to, to, have your own world and unlock things in your old own world my only problem with that i wouldn't even care about any of that stuff if they just let me get into your trucks because if i'm going to play with you all the time and you unlock the truck that's fine as long as we could drive each other's trucks that's the only problem i have with with it really because that's what i would like to do because some of those later stages like i feel like you need something more robust (laughs) to get over that terrain and it's just not cutting it with the starter trucks
0: Yeah, so I was thinking, like, maybe they're doing it this way in order to prevent you from coming into my late-stage game and unlocking the final truck right when I do. But your point is extra valid that you can't even join me at all because we're, like, so far different in levels and truck abilities.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: But it's also... I think it's kind of designed that you're not going to be always playing with somebody. It seems like it's more of a, you can jump in people's games and playing with your friends was an afterthought, which is sad because I feel like that's one of the best ways to play the game.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. There's also a special fondness in my heart for leaving it open and just the weird kindness of strangers that would join and just do like huge amounts of quests, like invisibly.
2: So weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's really the, like, who are these people? Is that what you do when you, like, reach in-game, do you think? Like, well, this is my life now. This is all of the meaningful progression there is. But there's not. There's, like, that endless, like, task generation, I think.
2: I remember that one guy who came in and kept doing all the quests that we were trying to do ahead of us. Like, <laughs> how did he even, how did he get here? <laughs> and, and why does he have two trailers full of tires? What?
0: Or the guys that, like, just followed us the whole time, like, right behind us or right in front of us, like our guardian angel.
2: I think the, the real special stuff in this game is, like, grabbing onto each other with the, the tethers winch. and the winch and, like, riding each other. And then when it actually did start to feel like a racing game, when we were up on the top of the mountain, like, trying, both trying not to fall over on the rocky terrain and then like not fall (laughs) off the cliff at the same time yeah that that was some of the really special moments in this game
0: yeah i so you guys got me thinking about like the story of this world and how the like plot of MudRunner and spin tires actually makes a lot more sense because like does anyone live in this world or are we the only people
1: I, i was just listening to a podcast this is a great great place to bring that up there's a max fun podcast it's a uh story break where they take ideas or stories and things like that and they have to write a script for it or the outline of the movie for it and they did Snow Runner recently and they <laughs> uh had to make a story and that was one of the questions that came up is why is this world completely devoid of all life except for you and your truck like <laughs> what's the story behind that and they and had
0: someone spilling some, the gas stations
1: yeah they, they had some interesting ideas for that, but I mean, I feel like it's not completely empty. You have your friends there. I
2: feel like when you introduced this yeah. to me, there was some headcanon about this, like being in the shadow of Chernobyl or something.
1: What was Was that spin tires that ev- eventually e- added yes. Chernobyl level?
0: The original spin tires added Pripyat, I think.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Which is weird because it's the first time in a while that i have like do I want to go back to the original game that's getting new content after the third one comes out
1: and it was cool I'm actually curious I'm not sure how much we remember but what is our history with this game because I think I started playing spin tires first I don't remember where exactly I heard of it but I always remember putting on spin tires and listening to uh Macedon probably was once more around the sun and that album came out and just all night long until like six o'clock in the morning, delivering logs to log stations and shit like that. And it was just, I, I was immediately enthralled with the mud physics and how it could be monotonous, but still fun because there's that thrill. You, you get stuck and then you figure out a way to get out of it. I try not to use the winch. I try to like, you know, back up, pull forward, get out of it. Or, or the like, disheartening moments when you're going over that like narrow bridge and you tip over and you lose your load and everything like that and it sucks because you have to go transport yourself back to the garage you don't actually like really lose anything other than just the hour of time you put in to try to get these logs somewhere (laughs) because you're going very slow And the one moment you slow down you you don't slow down (laughs) you speed up and you, you get a little careless is when it's all lost so i mean i played them all since then but i I can't recall when we first played together or anything, so...
0: I remember it, I think I was aware of it, but I only got into playing it through you, because these games to be are so much richer when you're playing them with other people. I remember just blasting tunes and playing it together, back as early as Spin Tires, but I think we played Mudrunner more, right? Or do I have that said not correct?
1: I have less time in Mudrunner than, than the other two. I have twenty-four hours in spin tires, ten hours in mud runner, and twenty hours in snow runner.
0: I have between eighty and a hundred hours in Snowrunner, runner, <clears throat> twenty-four hours in spin tires. I've got twenty-two hours in mud runner. Oh, huh, okay. A bit of that's probably when I went back to spin tires for Shredoble. and then I have tons of memories of playing this with Will, who I've Feel like it was really exciting for me to have gotten to spend so much time playing it. It felt like a weird convergence of both of our interests.
2: Yeah, I remember. I was definitely high on some stream where you guys talked me into playing this one for the first time, and uh, you know, similar to like the story I think you'll you'll tell in a second here, Paulie. I was like, "Is this some kind of? Is this some kind of prank? Are you guys pranking me with this thing? What what are we? What are we doing? Why is it taking it so long?" <laughs> You
0: barely believe that this game existed when you first started playing it? Yeah.
2: And then all of a sudden it was like this, the The scale of the problems seemed like insurmountable. Like, how could we ever, like, you know, first of all, how are we ever going to get to the other side of this map if I can't get 10 feet out of the gate right now? Like, there, how is that even <laughs> remotely possible? And then, you know, by the time, you know days later we're like okay i can get around this map and it's like oh you also need to bring uh lumber with you like with what and then it's like you know it it kept like building and there was this other sections oh now you need to use a your own crane to load the, the lumber by yourself you're like what the heck yeah it, that sense of wanderwunder i really appreciate with this game like the problem space the potential space of playing it, it just kept growing and growing as you were going on and if if that first day when i was trying to figure out which seven button key combination i needed to, to use to get out of the garage you had told me where we would go um, i would never believe it yeah
1: i thought of this while you were talking about that i think Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's fog of war in in these games where the map is darkened until you'll get to a certain spot that opens up In all the Mm -hmm. games, it's a little different in the games, but it's mostly the same, but it seems like every single map, they give you just enough view to terrify you. It's like, oh, this is just (laughs) a coast. Mm -hmm. There's just water here. I can't go in any of this and that's all I can see. It seems like you always have to go somewhere to unlock part of the map that you can see be like oh there's actually a trail up over this mountain it's still difficult and it's going to take me 30 minutes more to go that way but i can actually do it yeah
0: when we talk about the progression of this game that like not only is our progress through the world meaningful but you're totally right that it's like immaculately balanced sense of like it, it always feels hard it's getting as much harder as your skills are like trucks are improving which is so cool
1: and, and we'll it up there's this terrible barrier to entry more than anything because the ui design is terrible and the controls are really bad like once controller support was actually added and it was only in snow runner because i remember i think that's why we didn't play mud runner so much because like we we're expecting like this improved game and mud runner was pretty much like the same as swim tires with with more detailed maps i guess less like uh mod map saving things as he brought up before i
0: heard i thought MudRunner had controller support and that was its whole thing but i feel like we've was, been in this argument before i think it was bad you were like yeah it does but it's bad yeah <laughs> yeah um
1: <laughs> but yeah like it, the barrier to entry is so so strong and i think what what was alluded to before i actually i guess we could almost say friend of the show right well because rebel fm one time host anthony gallegos and rebel fm was hosting an uh extra life stream a 24-hour gaming stream and they were asking for requests i actually had them start (laughs) up spin tires and they probably played it for a good 15 minutes like that exact thing like this is a joke why did you make us play this where i was like no i really love the game (laughs) but you just (laughs) got to give it like six hours and then it starts to grow on you that's beautiful
2: I think I only remember having this problem with the first game, so it's a little unclear to me whether or not it actually stuck around. But I do distinctly remember with the first game that repeated journeys over the same terrain like screwed it up worse for each uh, successive time you go. Um, Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I remember the first time, like, the area right outside the garage was this completely nasty mud pit that, like, by the time we had spent, you know, a couple hours on that first map, it was getting out of the garage that was more of a nightmare than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think this game is much more conservative about the number of places that it puts like complete clusterfuck situations of like really deep mud. Because those are the situations where that deformation is like really
1: But I think there still is permanent terrain deformation just in a session. I think if you if you stop a session, it like the map resets to that original terrain
0: that makes sense. And we save and resume much more on this game than we did in the original, where we kind of had to do it in one I shot. Feel like, it's but still I feel
2: I like way easier on you than it used to be. Like, yeah, I think yeah. there's just
1: less deep mud just on the roads. That was something you ran into a lot in spin tires where it's like this road is just fucked and it's you know three feet of mud and. <laughs> there's not much you could do about that
0: the only thing i got in this game that sort of approached that is in like the situations where you have to take the absurdly large trucks or like the huge trailers and then there was like medium difficulty mud that became extreme difficulty mud because of your like wait precarious situation yeah
2: let me just throw this one at you you spend 10 extra Uh bucks and you don't have to worry about it
0: yeah we should talk about that how you had a fucking like
1: monster truck pretty much
2: (laughs) yeah you had such a different onboarding experience with the the dlc or the whatever the deluxe deluxe edition edition, they just give you this rad ass badass vehicle right out the gate we eventually found that like the one downside is that the fuel was not as extendable as almost any other i don't know about that well
1: i seem to remember that thing flipping over quite often I think there was more than that one fuel
2: downside to that thing. No, nope, pretty much just the one.
0: Yeah, it, didn't it give you one good Scout and one really quite good truck? Or was it really only the Scout? I think
2: it was mostly the Scout. I don't know about really good,
1: but the Scouts in SnowRunner were much more effective than previous Scout vehicles. Scout vehicles are like the smaller vehicles. You can't really haul anything. You can't take loads. You can hook up a trailer to it, but it's not the most effective thing in the world.
0: It's so cool that you can, like, take a scout to deliver, like, one cargo unit at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's feasible. You're right. I think in the previous games, the scouts felt like they were only for roleplay. <laughs> like, but that, oh, I have this vehicle. I don't
2: think that, that DLC vehicle allowed me to take a trailer either. So, I guess there's something there. I don't okay. know. I, I disagree with that statement, Nate. Because one of the
1: things I really like to do in this game is not necessarily beneficial to your progress in the game. But just taking the scouts out on cool trails and like seeing what you can get up go up some crazy hills and and rock climb a little bit and stuff like that like i think it's a really good off-roading simulator it's not the most exciting thing in the world like uh tearing down trails at intense speeds but as far as the uphill struggles and things like that
0: absolutely i I mean it's such a i always get jealous of people who like talk about having their podcast game like hundreds of hours of Assassin's Creed. It's just a great way to get through media. For me, SnowRunner is such a good... or any of these games, especially the Steam Workshop maps, which are just nuts, are such good ways to, like, just kind of relax and chill and, like, yeah, wheel, basically. As stressful as this game can be. I guess it's not super relaxing, but, yeah. I think that's probably a great reason I'll probably buy it on Steam is just the Workshop support was so, like, wild. Like... Was, was it you and I, Polly, that played, I think, Mudrunners DLC maps?
1: I believe we checked out just about everything, but you'll have to refresh my memory. This is a couple years ago now.
0: I just remember one with, like, an ice lake that we, like, drove out on the ice sheet, and all of a sudden the ice ended, and I just was like, oh shit, it yep. just slid right over into the deep water.
2: I definitely remember that. I'm trying to imagine, like, what kind of headspace or what kind of situation I would be in to want to play this on the Switch. That is just. This seems like a hardcore-ass computer game to me. Maybe it's just the way we play it, but I just can't.
1: That's a great question, Will. Do you I play th- it all th- on thinking controller? about that. With SnowRunner specifically. Oh, yeah, It's yes. all been keyboard for me. See, I think keyboard that's a mistake well. when it comes to SnowRunner. Because tell us more Polly. they actually did really good controller support on SnowRunner. This that's one of the things that i was most excited about when this came out because the ui we've talked about multiple times there's multiple menus that come up to hook up your winch to start your engine when it stalls to to change your gears and things like that and on most of them on mouse and keyboard is just moving the mouse around to the menu and, and doing it but they did a lot of good like hold right bumper left bumper and press up down left right things like that on this but more than anything it's the triggers pretty much your acceleration like there's a huge difference trying to go up a hill with a quarter or half pull of a trigger than trying to go up full acceleration because you're just going to spin your tires hence the name oh Whoa.
0: You're right. I think I was leaning on gearing to get a lot of that. Yeah. Which, and did. then you combine, you
1: know, you know yeah. low gear and a little bit of controller. It's it feels great. That's how most recently my most recent experience with you, Nate, of trying to get up that big hill. Me and my Hummer and you and your Russian <laughs> Jeep thing.
0: Mine had a higher center of gravity. That's why I kept flipping <laughs> over backwards. Damn
1: <David>. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: But yeah, you're right. Anytime I test the throttle, I just flipped over backwards.
1: Yeah. And those those were the fun things. If you didn't run out of gas, I would would have loved to hook a winch up to you and tried to pull you up with my manlier truck up that hill.
0: A number of stories in this game. There's just so many dumb things that happened. Remember, Will, when we like needed to get the big truck from the bottom of a like hill up like a really narrow slotted canyon full of boulders, and there was like many ways we could have done it, and we committed to the dumbest? Yeah.
2: Then the whole thing started because i tried to pick up a quest that you had already started like who knows probably weeks ago and you got to this point and was like nah that's impossible no way we're gonna do that and i looked at it like oh, yeah we can yeah. make that work
0: <laughs> that's right because i and my game had gotten it what i deemed like irrecoverably screwed and i like heard you say that you're doing it and i was like oh no not that and you're like no i got this and i was like what a fool and then we did it together
2: yeah that was great
1: or i ha- i don't even remember if it was you or will but trying to, to originally unlock the hummer in alaska it's like at the end of this completely snow-covered trail right on the edge of a frozen lake and trying to drag it through the snow over this snowy trail and i ran out of gas and then one of you came over with your super truck and just was like oh hey, what's the problem here and just freaking <laughs> Pretty much picks it up and throws it out of the trail.
0: I have so many memories of the place in all of these games, and I think Snowrunner did a really good job in building like a just an amazing world that was always like pretty to look at. Even when it was ugly, it was pretty. It's very weird.
1: Yeah. It's the the day and night cycle does a lot for that because you're struggling throughout the nighttime, and then all of a sudden the sun comes up and it looks all. Sun comes up over the trees and everything looks all... I, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty game, for sure. And it's most... In in the ugliest way possible, but nature looks nice.
0: Or being, like, in the cockpit, looking out through, like, shit-brown, stained windows covered in mud. It just, like, oh, the texture of all this is just glorious. Yeah, there was
2: something about, like, the last time I came back to the game and, like, realized, looking at the menu, the menu's, like, just, you know, a singular shot of the game. and like... And this looks really good but there's just some something about when you're in it and like digging through menus and like struggling for stuff that you can't take that second to take a breath and look around I can only think of one or two times where like I drove up to an overwatch and stopped and was like oh shit actually this game does look freaking amazing doesn't it
0: it's This game tries with the watchtower where you can, like, engage that camera view that, like, pulls out and, like, swoops over the area, but it's, like, never focused on a big enough area of the map. I wonder if that's a technical limitation. To me, it always feels like the camera's, like, mostly looking at the ground, and really you just have a view of the watchtower. I think also. Yeah, I think that the snow in this game helped the game seem prettier just because it's less brown. Like, the levels with all white snow are just very stark and crisp and clean feeling in a way that the previous games didn't really get so i think that the like inclusion of snow really lent to that
1: i do think that the actual watchtowers in this game to unlock the map look a little bit better than the ominous black tornadoes that were in the previous games
0: (laughs) yes i think that as well (laughs) (laughs) i almost forgot about that yeah that would that's kind of i what was that even supposed to symbolize
1: I don't know, there's some great snow runner or spin tires lore out there somewhere, I'm sure, if we <laughs> dig deep enough into Reddit.
0: The power of the mighty black tornado. I think, in talking about the snow, I was thinking about, there are definitely some snow sections of this game that feel as hard as those mud sections of the first game. To me. But there's also not as much snow in this game as I would think. Did you? What did you guys feel about the, like, The inclusion of snow, did it feel like more of the same, or did this feel different from the other games in some way?
1: I'm with you. I think the snow really added that difficulty that was kind of missing from the first level. I think the first level in this, where is it again? Is it Michigan? You start
0: in Michigan, yeah.
1: I think they did a good job of having like. A slightly flooded town, but there's like plenty of uh, roads you can drive on and everything, and getting you into it a little bit easier than the previous games did. But yeah, I only got to the first snow level, which was Alaska up there at the pipeline. I believe eventually you go to like Siberia or something like that.
0: Which I don't recall having as much like deep snow. Am I crazy, Will? Do you remember
2: the later levels? Nothing really distinctive come to mind. I, I remember there, you know, being a couple of them that are snow covered. One of the things I i did particularly like was the how they varied the size of the maps like some of them i I was remembering one i think it's in alaska that feels like you start to think about it as a full region instead of actually the maps but there was like three maps all connected by like a little tiny map so it was almost easier to transfer between maps in that region by going through the tiny map instead of going one to another and yeah i like the the interconnectedness and it, it tried to make it feel bigger and smaller at the same time it's kind of a fun little um
1: i agree but really quick yes i think that the snow did did bring in that element of difficulty that you experience more with the mud in the first games but i i always thought if i could upgrade to like maybe some chain tires or something like that then it would make it a lot easier. I just felt like I wasn't there. I I feel like there's a much stronger upgrade path in these games where it's not like, no matter what truck you're in, you're kind of screwed. Some of the trucks are just ridiculous too. I feel like they're overpowered for things. But as far as Will's point, even like just without the maps being connected, like you go through a tunnel to get to this, this next part of the map, I feel like this newest game did a lot better job of making the maps more dense where there were a lot more trails throughout to get to different places and the game was always open world and there was common times in the in the older game where i felt like i found a way just through some woods completely off any trail or anything like that that was better than staying on the trail i think this game did a better job of just making more trails possible to to find different routes and things like that
0: i don't yeah i mean i think this game had just every map was just so dense with stuff i feel like i've seen every square inch of all of these maps in a way that no other game has like propelled me to do just through its like main missions i don't remember feeling as much that way in the original games because it just felt like it was so much harder to even get down the main roads
1: yeah the only thing that took me out of this game more was like playing with you guys i felt like there was so much more to do in these maps I felt like we just kept always going off on our own ways where like, I'll do this mission, you do this, I'll unlock the map and everything. Whereas what I really like to do in this game is just like drive down some trails with my buddies and stuff like that. Where I feel like we we got away from that because we wanted to do things. We wanted to unlock things and get stuff. But at the same time, some of the fun was taken out of it where it's like, we don't even need to be playing this together at this point. You know, you are unlocking stuff for me and I appreciate that, but we're not actually interacting at all.
2: Yeah, I felt like there was, and maybe this is just like things that I thought were going to happen or, but I feel like there was more interactivity in, in some of the other games. There's stuff like the having multiple garages on a map. Like, I remember us working together a whole bunch just to be able to unlock a second garage so that we could start doing other things over on the other side of the map like actually in in snow tires once we started like loading up resources onto other people's trailers that those kinds of things the interactivity between people really felt cool but yeah i think i feel like it's definitely missing something that that we could like straight up voltron some shit snow tires did did
1: will just (laughs) announce the forthcoming (laughs) sequel (sighs) to the spiritual
0: successor sequel yeah, we're back to Uvi now with snow tires. <laughs> How great would that be? So, I think I bear some fault in that in our group. Like, this is the first game I can remember in a long time that I was like compelled and obsessed by the progression. Like when you guys joined, it was like primarily useful to help me complete more missions in my world, which is interesting. And the previous games felt more like they had less to do in a way that they'd be just like. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right, Paula. We all kind of bonded together for similar things to do. So that's not really a fault of this game, but it's there almost might be too much to do on each map.
1: I'm probably wrong, but I seem to remember there was just a whole lot of logs you had to move from log pickup stations to lumber mills. And I just remember all the time we would, you know, everybody would need to bring some logs and, and put in a little bit to this one objective. And that's something that, you don't find a lot in these missions where it's like we all need to work together for this one quest. Where it's more like you take care of that quest and I'll take care of this quest and things like that.
0: Yeah, I think Will's use of Voltron as a verb is totally. I do would also be really seem to cool. Remember,
1: we were trying to get some big honkin' trailer, and I think at some point you had it winched to your truck, and I had you winched to my truck, or something like that.
0: That sounds right. Yeah, and
2: I would love us and, to like. What if we had to, like, repair a crane, right? So you have to, like, two people who both have to crane it up, and then somebody has to drive under it so that you put it back down. Like, you could do some really cool stuff with multiple people, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think, like, half of that is us choosing, but the other half is, you're right, the game doesn't really have... Like, most of the missions are designed to be completed by one person, so it's like two people can, I guess, theoretically race, so which might help them get done faster, or... Each takes smaller loads, but that's not, and then, that doesn't feel like everyone's contributing. It feels like everyone's racing. And
2: then the winch, the winch is probably like the key best feature of this game. And so we should talk more about it. But I do think that it has the limitation that only one active winch can really be active on a thing at a time. So you can't, yeah. like.
1: Yeah, that previous thing I brought up where Nate was dragging a trailer, and I was trying to drag Nate, and it broke the heck out of the physics in the game, because everybody was just kind of bouncing off of each other. <laughs> but having both of us hooked up to one trailer would make this game, like, amazing.
0: Yeah, I wonder why that's... I mean, I guess it's got to be a limitation of the engine he slash they built, but that would be really cool. Yeah. But I think, again, come,
2: that would kind of the move ceiling, the game in. Sm- and-
1: t- snow tires.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I could see, because actually, and you know uh, again back to the, the wonder wonder there's stuff like i think there's mining in this thing like you could set up a mining device and then maybe you're like hauling iron around like th- it feels like this game is right on the edge of doing some really cool crazy complicated stuff that uh, yeah i'm not actually even sure that's it this game but yeah i remember your
0: first 10 hours were kind of a series of what's a seismic activator or whatever seismic mm-hmm. stimulator or whatever it's called <laughs> like where is this going yeah there's so many things that yeah it, it does see i wonder what their metrics are it seems like a lot of this game is fundamentally crafted to be a single player experience kind of like probably said before where multiplayer was added so maybe our wants and use case here are not what most people are doing with it because i could see why they wouldn't focus on multiple winches and stuff if that was the case So why are the menus bad in this game? To me, it is one of the only games I can remember that I, like, have a hard time parsing. Like, clearly, it's somewhat decent about telling you, like, if you click on a mission, you can see on the map. No, let me put it this way. When I select a mission, sometimes it's hard for me to figure out what it's asking, which is not good. And other times, like... Like, I feel like one thing I often have grievance with is, where do I pick up this material? Like, where do I even get this? There's not, like, a good way to find out, like, where do I get bricks on this map? Do you guys have things that, like, spring to mind? I assume that was a shared experience by both of you.
2: It feels like when I think about design, you you start breaking things down into use cases. Like, okay, if somebody's going to sit down here and they're going to want to perform this action. And so in order to be able to perform that action, they need these kinds of data available. They need these kinds of options. And this is how they would go about that process. This whole UI feels like, all right, now I built on driving and now we'll put missions on and over in this section. And then over here, we'll put on some resources and they just like kept bolting things on and like just putting it wherever it fit. And it never had that like pass of how does this actually work? How are we going to interact with these things? You know, things like—I mean—in the first game, looking at and navigating the map it took us forever to figure out. In this game, we uh, honestly—I think—we were twenty, thirty hours in before we found out there was a menu that told us the status of all of our all the quests on the map. Do you remember that, Nate?
0: Yeah, where we discovered how to see where our trucks like, were. What? What was that? The F four menu? Like, whoa! This is useful. Yeah, it feels.
2: It just felt like it. You know, somebody had this idea. Oh yeah, menu that shows you where all your trucks is. That'd be useful. We'll just put it in here somewhere. I don't know. Put it on one of the F keys or something. And then, like, you know, if now that we've got this menu, and you're like, oh, I can see this menu. Let me put this thing on there. Put this thing on there. And and that menu gets beautifully built out. But nobody. But I mean, we were never onboarded on how to get there. So yeah.
0: I think the function menu, which you bring up with like the one in the bottom corner with like attached trailer and all that, is like a great example. Like it's been kind of the same in all the games and it's really elegant and how quick it is to get to and how minimal and non-invasive it is. Like if that was like a modal pop-up, that would be pretty bad. But at the same time, like you're saying, well, like, is that really what like a UX designer would conclude the best way to like detach the trailer is? I mean, I guess it's better than like a corded hotkey, which I wouldn't put past this game.
1: There's like a whole... Wow. I can't believe that you were used the word elegant there, though. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> what I would go with.
0: Okay, you're right. I, I, I like that it's like... not worse.
1: Yeah. I feel <laughs> like this game, and it ties right back into your history of it and everything like that. I feel like it definitely started off with Pavel having this idea for this terrain physics engine with deformable terrain and and mud physics and everything like that and you don't see that in a lot of games like uncharted 4 did a little bit with their jeep section a very tiny bit but i'm surprised it hasn't come into more games but i feel like they had that and ov i feel like they kind of put in more of the I guess I would compare it to like the truck simulator games where it's like, oh yeah, well we have to get like real world trucks and have like some kind of realistic missions with logging and things like that. I feel like they kinda of put it pulled in that with their history of train simulator and things like that and made it more of a sim game. But I feel like they never got anybody and I'm surprised it didn't happen once they went back to Sabre Interactive and everything like that with Mudrunner and Snowrunner, that they did get these somebody to be like, no, you need to completely revamp the UI completely to this and, and make it more user-friendly for controls and everything like that. It reminds me of, How about what is that for? show on, um, with the, oh, um, I'm so excited. Pied what are you going to say? on HBO, the, uh. I, I don't know, but I want to riff for a second
0: and say that the reason Uncharted 4 had that section is because they hired Pavel for a month. <laughs> really? Duh. No, but that would be a great. Well, I mean, we don't know, but I don't think so
1: what's the show where it's all about the uh, software designers and everything like that silicon valley yeah silicon valley where they have that app come out and he gives the code to all his coder friends and everything like that and they're all like yes this app is amazing and then the the one girl who's like in charge of marketing and whatnot she's like it's terrible i don't why is everybody saying it's good but she doesn't want to say anything (laughs) it's because she didn't understand like design logic and stuff like that like yeah for us picking up this game we can figure this stuff out but if you don't have any experience with games or anything, then it's not the easiest thing to figure out in the world.
0: Definitely. I do think all of these games are an arc away from that physics toy box. And there's just parts that haven't been like fully lifted yeah. away from that yet, right? It like,
1: stayed clunky throughout. Yes. There's, a, there's like
2: this elegant... It's kind of charming now in its clunkiness, though. Sorry, Will. There's like this elegance that you get through iteration that it doesn't feel like this game has like authors talk about like editors being able to make a book better by cutting out pieces right same with games like sometimes you can make a better game by just cutting out pieces it feels like that's what this ui needs is like okay let's bring it back figure out what needs to be on the screen at any point in time do we really need to have four different states like the, the way that we add waypoints is to go two menus in and then right-click, then middle-click, then drag, and then right-click again. Like, you know, smooth, smooth and, some and, edges. And
1: back to the waypoints, you can set waypoints anywhere on the map, but you can set multiple waypoints to plot out your course. You can't Which is awesome. delete just one waypoint in the middle. If you mess up, you got to delete nope. the last waypoint. So you have to go all the way back in your trail and everything like that. But let me ask you, Will, because you're we were talking about this game could be, it's so close to this and it could do all these things. Would we rather have them completely revamp the UI and everything and make it less clunky? Or would we rather add more to it and just keep bolting on to this beast as they've been doing?
0: More bolt ons. Well, Can I interject before Will answers? I think Will's answer is going to be great. But in doing kind of the research for this, I was reading reviews of Mudrunner and a lot of people were like, should you upgrade from spin tires? And it was a 50-50, almost everyone said like probably, but here you're losing as much as you're gaining, which does speak to that iteration and like editor by design. I don't think those were huge things that were lost. I wish I remembered more of them at the moment, but I, I do think it is being iterated on. Okay, should we keep bolting on?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like, which brain do I want to use, right? As the gamer and the guy who likes the, you know, really cool obscure stuff, I'd like them to absolutely bolt more things on, right? But if I think about, like, my business brain, like, by making this game... 200% 200% more approachable, you could probably grow your audience by a thousand percent. And then by having that bigger audience have like the money and interest and all that to so go back and add the stuff later. Like it, it, yeah, it feels like that, that onboarding hurdle. I mean, you, you talked about the, the, what do you call it, the skill ramp for this game being more of a cliff than a, a ramp, really. Like, Getting people into the system, getting the the people comfortable with where this thing can go could really make it awesome. Like, eventually throw Factorio in there that, you know, have resources tying to other resources that you have to drive. And, yeah, I'm all for it. But, you know, you got to get people in there first.
1: Speaking of bolt-ons, that brings us to our next segment, Pauly's Power-Up Patch. Oh, so this is where one of us, I'll start, patches the game and adds in functionality. And the the other people have to also add on keeping those same add-ons to the game.
0: Oh, that's, that's right. Okay.
1: Work. So for my patch, we are going to add Toe Motor. So now it's endorsed by the Cars franchise and Toe Motor is the mascot. Or Tomater, is it Tomater? Yeah, Tomater. Is his full um, name
0: Tomater?
1: And and wow, Isn't, he, I just got isn't he voiced by Larry the Cable Guy, or am I imagining that? Sounds right. I Yeah. So now all the trucks talk and they have uh, semi cartoon faces. It'll have, add a little bit more liveliness to the world. And, you know.
0: Okay. And I'm going to go next, if that's okay. Absolutely. All the quest givers are characters from Frozen
1: it is snow runner, so that does make sense yeah so you gotta like well transport what can you, elsa to her frozen palace and things like that
0: yeah it's all like contextualized mission on why olaf needs logs from elsa
1: or you know stuff like that i, I guess we should ask does uh disney own saber interactive yet
0: yet is it doing a lot of the lifting in that sentence i think it's a part of the well tell us group. what you
2: improve the put the embracer group that's not a thing never mind too deep yep too deep someone
0: got it you would be happy to know Polly, that googling saber interactive disney just has a shitload of lightsaber
2: results <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome all right well do you have the uh, final patch note
2: yeah i'm i'm thinking that because there's so much mud and snow this is actually going to incorporate splatoon concepts into this game so your trucks are going to be able to dive in and out of either snow or mud and it's going to become a versus mode so you know we're going to have elsa and disney on one side versus the you know mater and the trucks on the other side
1: all right i so love that, that. Is like a actual versus multiplayer mode i love yeah. it yeah
0: That's great. So we're going away from one of the main themes of this podcast, which was like, we'd like more cooperative. And at the end of our podcast, we, we zagged. We wanted Elsa versus mode. Excellent. I do like this quote from Eurogamer. I'm not sure where else it would have fit. We had a cat with our brightest once and my mom foolishly had the floorboards in the hallway varnished. The cat would leave the room moving forwards and then hit the floorboards and go sideways for a little while before coming to a stately rest in the middle of nowhere, totally unable to move or get any traction. It was horrible for the cat. I think we gave in and unvarnished everything, but it's brilliant in SnowRunner because it's a new kind of disaster to think about. So this is our first episode of Season 2. Do we feel like ratings are so 2016 and we're beyond it, or do we want to kind of talk about how we would score this game?
1: At the very least, I think we need to give our final thoughts. I think we should still leave it up to the
0: host. The individual? Yes. Oh, okay. That sounds good.
2: Why don't I go last? Will, do you want to go first? Um, You know, at the end of the day, I really enjoy this as a social experience. I love playing it with my friends. I would, you know, there are pieces I would like more of, like I said, like this could keep going and become the Voltron Factorio simulator of my dreams. But right now it's a good way to hang out with friends and I really appreciate it for that.
1: Excellent. Oh boy. Um. How do I feel about Snow Runner? I think Snow Runner is the game I always wanted from Spin Tires, but I feel like I played so much of Spin Tires, I'll always have a fondness for that as well. Uh, I think that's come up a couple times where I kind of miss the simplicity of the old game. But at the same time, these levels are awesome. They look better. Even in the older games, they still had some of the like soft tire physics to match up with those terrain physics. And I think that's absolutely what makes this game more than anything is it does something that no other game I can think of does with with terrain physics and driving other than Uncharted 4. And that wasn't really the same thing, but it, it did get a little bit. But even more than just a social thing, like just driving around by yourself in these trucks, Feels awesome. It's spooky at nighttime. It's exciting. It's frustrating, but you get this level of achievement in a driving game that you don't get as simply in other driving games. I think you can get it in other driving games, but it's usually just about winning races or or making this corner. Where in this, it's like the simple act of getting up a hill while you have a trailer attached or completing this quest that took you 45 minutes to do. Going five miles an hour down the road, just that level of achievement, it brings joy to me more than i can think of any other driving game has not that i don't like racing games it's just something different i wouldn't classify it as a racing game i'm not too sure what it is it's closer to like an american truck simulator but much much more exciting but i don't think it would be possible for me to rate this game at all so i'm going to abstain as well you know what (laughs) screw it i'll rate it i i think i think it's an i'll go with a 10 point scale for this one and i think it's an 8 A a week eight a strong seven and a half because boy is it clunky but it's like charming in its clunkiness so yeah i'll go with eight
0: beautiful i think for me as has kind of been discussed and has become more clear in the time since our last podcast one of my main things that i love about games is sense of place and movement through that sense of place And I don't think any game I've ever played does it better than this. I think to our earlier point, there's like a lot of games have traversing the environment as a byproduct of other goals. And I really feel like this game gets really close to making just that movement and living in the space, the goal. And that's like one of my favorite things about games. And I think this like... The way that the multiplayer works in this, where it's like a balance between co-op and just, like, coexistence, and you can, like, hear your friend cry out in dismay as their vehicle flips over on the other side of the map, and you can, like, evaluate whether you should go save them. There's so many things about this game that are just so special to me, and I really love that I've been able to share this game with someone, and I'm happy that you guys found joy in it, too, just because it feels so weird and totally singular. I totally agree that its clunkiness is part of its charm. It feels like... Yeah, it feels like its own thing. Would this game make sense if the menu was good? Would it be the same game? Would it be something else? I don't even know. If I like clearly understood the missions, would there be like the thrill of failure? I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think you're totally right to rate this as an eight out of ten, but I feel like the time I've had with it has truly been like a ten out of ten. And I'm excited to see what comes next for the franchise. And I sure hope that if Pavel was the guy that really was responsible for a lot of this that he's been treated somewhat financially well by this because it's a pretty amazing thing he's made and i think that'll do it unless anyone has any final thoughts
1: excellent well said nate my final thoughts would be for people to play this game check it out it's doing something different and i hope that this kind of technology makes it into other games because i feel like that would be exciting I also want to, once again, plug the podcast that I can't remember the name of. The fun Broke... something. uh, Story Break. Story Break, yes. Story Break. It's an excellent episode. It's very fun finding out the lore of SnowRunner.
0: I had heard ads for that, but the fact that there's a SnowRunner episode is really enticing. One thing probably worth saying is, rumor has it, this is coming to Game Pass. I think this is a great Game Pass game. Yeah, I think even people that don't think they're into driving games should definitely... Give it a try. But I think with that, we will wrap it up and call it for next time. Talk to you all soon.